We're back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I'm Lindsay Patterson, one of the best over here, Mike Santagata. Mike, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, Lindsay. How are you doing? Not too bad. I don't think Twitter's super happy. I mean, it's like a 50-50% right now because... We talked about it, the 53-man roster, no roster ever feels official for the rest of the week. And honestly, throughout the season, injuries, different guys are going to be claimed. Cincinnati's at 31, so that's a little different. There was some news right after we recorded, probably, you know, eight, ten hours later, O.G. Howard was coming to Cincinnati, and it sounded like the guy was going to come in, and if everything checked out with the physical, he was going to sign. That didn't happen. No, so it was it was a lot of news that ended up being nothing, but you know, it was exciting. Well, you were one of those people who I feel like were from the beginning, a lot of people getting excited about OJ Howard. We talked about it on Tuesday's podcast. I didn't know he was gonna be visiting in Cincinnati. And I think a lot of people get excited about the name, but also you have to look at the situation too. You're coming off an Achilles injury and the bills paid him to go away. No offense to OJ. He might be a great dude, but unfortunately he wasn't going to be a tight end in Buffalo and it didn't happen in Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, when you're paying somebody $3 million to leave your team, um, that's not a great sign. And maybe it's just, oh, he's not a great fit. But I just think like, yeah, even if he's not a great fit, I don't know if I pay him $3 million to leave. Like I could probably still find a use for him if he's still the old OJ Howard. Um, But yeah, that's, that's why I wasn't super into the idea. I, I thought if the Bills are going to pay this guy, a contending team's going to pay this guy $3 million to leave, $3 million they could use elsewhere. Um, yeah, they, I was a little not into that. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, you're talking about an Achilles tear. This all makes sense. The The Achilles tear just saps away so much athleticism. CJ Uzoma is, Uzama is kind of like the exception to the rule where he came back and he was still just as athletic. No idea how he did it because almost everybody else I ever see with an Achilles tear, it's like, ah, man, he used to be so athletic or, you know, something like that. And that probably rings true for OJ Howard. Uh, but I don't know. I haven't seen him on the field. I will say, I mean, Ossie Ossie's pretty athletic and he's not coming off an Achilles tear and he was a decent blocker. At least he put in a lot of effort in New England. So I don't think they downgraded with Ossie Ossie. They just downgraded by the name and the draft capital. Do you think, because obviously them sitting at 31 when it comes to claiming a player, that's a little different for Cincinnati over the last few years. Do you think it's because maybe the medicals didn't check out in Cincinnati? That's why he didn't sign here, because reports are that he's going to sign with the Texans and they wanted the tight end that they claimed over O.J. Howard. If you were to choose between the two, you think Cincinnati got a win with that one? Yeah, I, I think they did. I'm not going to say O.J. Howard was too injured to sign. What I think, four tight ends seem like a lot, right? So my guess is they were the 31st waiver claim, and they were probably thinking, well, Ossie Ossie's probably going to get claimed by somebody else. So let's bring in Howard. He's our he's our backup option. Um, now, I heard reports that that wasn't the case, but, I mean, you look how it ended up coming out, and you think about, well, when was the last time they've ever had four tight ends on the roster? Um I can't think off the top of my head, but not last year. So, yeah, my guess is they liked Howard and they loved him in the draft. 
and then he came in and then they realized they got Asi Asi and they kind of lost the interest in Howard. At least it became way less important to sign him because it made sense that they wanted to bring in a tight end. I don't think Wilcox is the guy um, to be the third tight end. At least you could find an upgrade and that's what both these players probably would be. But yeah, fourth tight end, I don't know. And then we could talk about the other waiver claims, which also made sense to me. Yeah, that was one of the things I, I put out on social media. I still think this team was going to add offensive line depth. And a couple hours later, they add a guard position and Max Sharping. And the thing about the guard position is Zach Taylor talked about it too in his press conference earlier in the day. And he straight up said this because here's one of the things I really like about Zach Taylor. He's honest uh, in his interviews and his press conferences. He's not afraid to kind of dance around how he really feels about the position. But when asked about the left guard battle, he pretty much just said, look, Cordell Wolfson's going to be our starting left guard. And at this very moment, Jackson Carmen is a backup guard. And then they make a claim on another guard position. I said it you know, previously, I wouldn't be surprised if Jackson Carmen isn't even your backup guard at this moment. What did you think about the recent claim? Oh, yeah. I think you make that claim because you don't feel comfortable with your backup interior offensive lineman. Like I mentioned, I think on the last episode, the swing tackle is Hakeem Adenogy. But is the interior offensive line backup also Hakeem Adenogy? And then they go, they claim Max Sharping, who is definitely now the backup interior offensive lineman, in my opinion. Not backup center. I don't think he's played center. I don't know. I haven't watched him. Um, but uh, I haven't watched him play center. Sorry. I've watched him a little bit in Houston, but honestly, not that much. I, whenever I've watched him, though, I've thought like, yeah, he's fine. He's he's all right. He's he's a start. He's a starting probably low end starting caliber player. So I'm OK with this. And then I mean, that's great depth to have a guy that's like a low end starter as your six well, offensive line or at least your backup interior guy. I, I like this. I like that claim a lot. Um, he's pretty young still. Just yeah, I I. I think he, I guess he probably didn't win the position battle in Houston. Well, they just drafted Kenyon Green. That's probably why they just drafted his replacement. And then I know he costs like two million dollars or something. And maybe they figured they somebody would claim him and take away the guaranteed money or however that works. I'm not a, a cap expert, but I do think this this makes sense for Houston to cut him. I get more worried about the OJ Howards where it doesn't make sense to cut this guy. But when it's sharping and like they just drafted his replacement and you know, it wasn't as much money. I'm not as worried about it. And he's also not coming off a devastating injury. I don't know how you felt about it, but that was probably their best waiver claim, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think it scares a lot of people when you are picking so late in the rankings. I mean, it's good. It's a good problem to have if you're finishing in the 30s every year when it comes to claiming players. And the thing about all teams, everybody has different needs. You could probably see a bunch of guys in the last 24 hours, you would have said mm, they would have fit perfectly in Cincinnati when it comes to depth position. But personally, I think you add as much offensive line depth as you can. You mentioned Hakeem Adeniji. And I feel like it's kind of been a little bit of a project with Cincinnati and using him at different positions, you know, right when he was in his rookie year, obviously they've battled injuries on the offensive line. What do you think his future is this season on this offensive line? And, and where is he going to succeed the most? He feels like the swing tackle, like the guy that'll just come in play left or right tackle. If somebody goes down, uh, I do think they also like Prince. I don't, 
I don't know if there's that big of a difference between them. I might go Adenji between the two of them. Or maybe you go Adenji at left tackle, Prince at right tackle, and you don't really have a swing per se, but you have a backup at each position. I don't know. Um, yeah, I know fans are probably freaking out about hearing about the two Super Bowl starting players are still possibly going to play this year, but they're backups. The, you, you, they weren't so bad that you know they made the Super Bowl with them. It wasn't, it wasn't that big of a disaster. It wasn't good. You don't want them to play, but that's the reason they're a backup. You're not going to have, you know, most teams don't have the the backup that's, you know, he could start on 20 other teams or something like that. Most teams have a backup that, you know, he's a backup. And I think Hakeem Adenji and Isaiah Prince are fine backup level players. They're both young, could get better. I think Hakeem Adenji did show a little bit more in the preseason. Um, I don't know. I I like I'm okay with them as the backup tackles. Um, and then I was really worried about the backup guard was all I was thinking. And then they get sharpened. So that's why I really like that is just, I kept thinking like, I don't think I'd want Carmen coming in because I, I view him as a little lower on the totem pole than Prince and Adenogy. At least he looked like that during the preseason. So I'm glad they got a guy that can come in and provide. I mean, he's probably one of the better backup interior guys. I don't know. I'd have to look around. Maybe the, maybe there's more of those than I'm thinking. But yeah, he looks like one of the backer, one of the better backup interior guys. And then they probably have mid-level backup offensive tackles. But that's okay. You're not going to have the best. You know, they they don't have the best depth, and that's fine. It's gotten better. And that's that's what matters. Do you think this shuts the door on the Clinton Spain stuff? <sighs> um, it definitely does at least to start the year, right? Because it, there's no room for him right now. Now I could see with injuries or something coming up, maybe he comes back. Like if Volson gets hurt and, or maybe Volson doesn't play well and then they try sharpening and sharpening gets hurt. Then maybe you're looking to bring in Spain. Cause he's just, it, it, he would be plug and play. You know, he knows the system. He's familiar with Jonah, um, not Karis, but you know, you'll get used to it. He, he did come in off the street and play decently well against the Titans uh, that one uh, was it two years ago. So I think, I think it, it's not closed, but it's, it's shut. It's kind of like, uh, you know, cracked. What did, what did, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen stranger things. What did Hopper say? Like three inches. <laughs> that's how I feel about where the door I never is. finished it. I never finished stranger things. Oh, that's always I'm... decent two or three. I think, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't spoil anything too much. You know, okay. three inches, you know, <laughs> your teenage girl with your boyfriend that's where the door is it's like three inches from being shut <laughs> i'm gonna remember that with quentin spain from now on in the <laughs> Bengals offensive line but we'll just stay with some of the moves since the last time that we even recorded this week because it so much has happened and we knew that was going to happen with this roster any other surprises with some of the releases and i feel like the gymnastics that they're currently doing with their roster <laughs> i guess they're doing the same thing with brandon allen that they do with mike thomas and Okay. <laughs> if these guys are cool with it, I guess it works. It's just roster voodoo and I don't really understand it. Uh, but if the, I assume they'll end up back on the team because they're not going to roll into week one with one quarterback. Now, I think the emergency is Tyler Boyd, but I don't know. Joe Mixon threw a pretty nice pass in that Super Bowl. I don't know. What, who would you roll with? They got one quarterback and Joe Burrow has to miss a series. Are you rolling with Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon? Okay, here's the thing about it. I would probably roll with Joe Mixon, and it's so crazy because we don't talk about that touchdown pass enough because of the loss. Because he if took they his, 
Yeah, he took his glove off mid-play, didn't he? From what I remember, or did he throw it with a glove? I can't remember. It was just unbelievable what they decided to do, but I think that's one of those plays that I wish we were still talking about, and it doesn't feel good to talk about because it was awesome at the moment, but since they didn't win, it's like, "Mm, I don't even care. I don't even care what Uh, happened in that game, but that was the one, man. That was the one that I would be playing on loop right now. Oh, yeah. It broke my heart because I was like the Bengals-Philly special. And, you know, that would be everywhere right now. You know, they'd be talking about putting up the Joe Mixon throwing the ball statue. Uh, yeah. But they didn't come away with it. You know, they just have to run that again this year when they make the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, that's one of those things, though. I, I tell people all the time, there's so many highlights to go back in when, when you talk about the Super Bowl. And, you know, it's their offensive line. That's what I'm going to remember. Because you know what? If they would have had Riley Reef, they would have won the Super Bowl. Oh, man. I mean, I guess the thing that sucks is that it's Aaron Donald and you're sliding to him in that final play. Quentin Spain has the help, but then it's just, what, the at least top five greatest defensive players of all time (laughs) just being that? It sucks, (laughs) but that's just is what it is. I'm not to like go back on the Super Bowl because I do not plan to do that, but there will be times this season that we will. I'm not going to lie, when that last play went off I thought there was going to be a flag and I thought they were going to get another chance because I was like there's no way that the game is going to end like this they can't end like this it's over and Jamar's wide open for the walk off and yeah oh, why are we doing this to ourselves <laughs> it started with the happy memories you know Joe Mixon throwing the touchdown <laughs> and the offensive line and all that fun stuff I actually want to wrap it up just really quickly with the offensive line right now and what does this mean for Jonah Williams when you know we do talk about the left guard position that's just kind of been up in there I still don't know what Cordell Volson will be when it comes to the starting offensive lineman right here but can can this help Jonah Williams too because I don't think we appreciated what he did last season no I agree I thought he was pretty good last year everybody's talking about what he'll be this year and it's like you guys see last year like that that's a guy I'd pay that that played last year I know he gave up some sacks but that's also you know Burr was a big game hunter and he's gonna try to extend plays and stuff I don't think he has but uh yeah I I thought Jonah played pretty well and uh if he could be even better this year awesome I did think he improved throughout the year his best game is probably the wild card game against the Raiders now that didn't keep going up from there, obviously, against Von Miller and all those guys. But I thought he's pretty good. He was a guy I'd pay last year. Like, I don't know if I would have said that his rookie year, but last year I'd say I'd pay him. And if he's even better, well, now it starts turning into, oh, boy, how much is he going to cost? But <laughs> um, I liked him last year. I like him this year. And uh, I don't know if the left guard – because that's the one position you could point to on the offensive line that that's – greater than 50% chance it's worse than last year because I I think Quentin Spain was pretty good and a fourth round rookie as good as he looked in the preseason you know he looked solid um you don't know if he's actually going to be better I thought they had pretty good communication on that left side passing off stunts and stuff that's one of Spain's uh best attributes so I don't know I'm hoping it stays at least the same for Williams but it could get better uh could probably get worse but uh what I think of is just um, Gordo Volson. We'll find out how good he is because he's getting baptized by fire <laughs> week one with the Cam Hayward matchup. I mean, that guy is awesome. It, not to face, but just, you know, <laughs> I respect the game. 
Well, I well I saw your Twitter today. I saw your Twitter today, and I saw the video. So, I mean, if, if fans want to see what what the rookie's going to go up against, you can go to your Twitter page and, and see it all. Bengals underscore Sands. But we have plenty to get to. I can't wait till next week because we're going to preview the actual game. But lots going on in the Bengals world this week. We'll have more coming up, and it's always game day in Cincinnati. It's always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on. It's always game day in Cincinnati. They're hitting the field. Training camp is over. Preseason is over. Now it's down to days. Ten days. Going to be a week soon and on Sunday. Pittsburgh Steelers are coming to town. Week one of the season. Everybody's ready for real football. We heard from Joe Burrell. Wasn't expecting to hear from him on Wednesday. He does talk on Wednesdays, but thought that was going to start next week for his press conferences. And he was good. Joe Burrell's always good in his press conferences. He said a few things, made the social media world think, hey, this guy's a little cocky. And I I watch him. I'm not going to lie. His press conferences are always something that I actually enjoy. What do you take from those and what he said this week? I mean, it depends on how you feel about him, right? If you don't really like him that much, what he says is cocky. If you like him a lot, what he says is cool. And <laughs> I I'm, I can see both sides. I think it's fine what he says. I don't think it's a big deal. I guess what you're looking at is uh, what people don't like is that he said something about if you try to play man, you know, good luck. If you're going to play too high, then Mixon's going to eat. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> These are just like basic football things of the Bengals have maybe, the, you know, the best wide receiver trio in the league and uh, they have a good running back and improved offensive line. So yeah, if you're going to not put your safety in the box, then Mixon can, you know, roll for extra yardage. And if you are going to put him in the box or try to play man coverage on these awesome wide receivers, then you're going to have a little bit of issue unless you've got some stud corners. And even then, I don't know, because, you know, the game's tilted towards the offense. So even these stud corners aren't always going to do what they can against these wide receivers. Just look at what Jalen Ramsey uh, wasn't able to do against the Bengals in the Super Bowl. He was able to do plenty. You know, I I do think his game gets a little bit underrated there because he does get beat deep a few times, but I don't know. It wasn't terrible. I think some people might think that, but I I also don't think it was good. I think it was like a fine game and that's impressive to put on one of the best corners in the league. So I think they could do it. I will say the best corner in the league. So I do think they could do it against anybody. So I agree with what Joe's saying. I I just think it depends on how you view him is how you're going to take it. It's probably just how, yeah, it is. It's honestly who's had the bad experiences against Joe Burrow and that those are the ones that take it the worst. And speaking of bad experiences, he was talking with Wink Martindale earlier in the week and was asked about it. You know, what were you guys talking about? Anything about 525 when you played the Baltimore Ravens? And uh, he said, no, we were just talking. Do you believe that? What do you think that conversation was like with Wink? Because you're going to relive that December day, December 26 at Paul Brown Stadium at the time when he put 525 up on the backups? I have to think Burrow didn't like what Wink said about, you know, like they, uh, it was something about how like they're not superstars or something like that, basically downplaying him and Jamar. So he clearly didn't like that. That's why he tried to (laughs) stay in there late in the game, throw for those extra yards, 525 yards. 
I also think that, you know, he, he probably is fine with it now. He's like, yeah, I, I whooped him. I showed him that we are superstars. And now, you know, Winks in the NFC, maybe they're fine with it. Maybe he brings it up. I could see him not bring it up and just, you know, just palling around with a coach. But I have to think it comes up, right? <laughs> because I'm just maybe not exactly 525, but he's just, you know, just says something. Uh, I guess they do. They play this. No, they don't play this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking because they play the Cowboys, but now they have that extra game. That's just some random NFC team. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he might just go up and say, like, hey, glad you don't face me and Jamar this year. Right. Or something like that. Maybe not bring it up the 525, but just bring it up like, you know, we whooped you twice. Right. We need more Joe Burrow mic'd up. And I know that the players normally tell the people when they're mic'd up for games, like, hey, I'm mic'd up. Just want to give you a heads up so you don't say anything. You don't want you're going to regret. But, man, I wish we could get him all the time because when when Joe's mic'd up, it's always really good stuff. But we'll stay with quarterbacks right now. News today, Russell Wilson got paid. You know, you put him on the rankings against other quarterbacks who got paid. And I'm a little surprised. Guys, 33, going to be 34 in November. Hasn't played it down yet for the Denver Broncos. I know it's a quarterback league and a lot of these guys are getting paid and they're going to have to, they were in the talks of extending them already anyways, but you also have the Lamar Jackson conversations that are happening. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, that can't happen until after next season. What does that mean for the quarterbacks currently in the contract negotiations, such as Lamar Jackson? And, and what would it mean for Joe Burrow, if anything? I have to think that Lamar and Joe probably, I mean, the teams are probably going to point to that deal because that's one of the newer big quarterback contracts, but I have to think they're also just thinking like, well, I'm young. Like that, that guy's pushing you know, 35. Uh, I, you're you're going to have to give me a better deal than that or something along those lines. I think um, Kyler's deal probably leans more towards what they're going to look at. Um, I mean, Mahomes and Allen's deals are not even in the top five anymore, I don't think. So <laughs> you can't really point to those too often. Maybe the years on Mahomes. Maybe the Bengals want to do a 10-year deal with Joe. Um, I don't know if Lamar wants to sign a 10-year deal with the Ravens. Just just judging off of what his Twitter seems to be uh, doing. I don't know if he's trying to gain leverage or something with all these weird Miami Dolphins tweets and stuff. But uh, <laughs> I just uh, – I, I, don't, I don't know if you could point too much to that. I think the one thing – that teams will point to and it's they're probably going to point to every deal that happens from now until these guys get signed herbert uh, lamar and joe is just like you're probably not getting fully guaranteed deal that's just some weird thing cleveland tried to do uh you know we're we're not going to do that you're going to see pretty much all the money at least you'll probably see all the money. It's just we're, we can't fully guarantee it because of all the other stuff that goes in at the escrow and putting your actual cash down all those things i assume that you know the Bengals just kind of go joe if we if we give you fully guaranteed then we can't give jamar his guarantees and all these you know those type of things so uh, i don't see the fully guaranteed thing happening but that's about the only thing i i took out of it otherwise i was just looking at it and thinking really i don't know the the deals for these quarterbacks it's who's gonna bite first between those the the big three of uh herbert uh, Burrow and Lamar. So whichever one bites first, that's the deal that everybody's going to point to. Cause I think it'll probably break the uh, current leader. I don't know who the current leader is off the top of my head, but I think it'll be higher than that. At least probably AAV, not the guarantees because of what the Browns did. 
Yeah, and that's what was crazy about it. Not to go too far back into the past with Deshaun's contract, but I think a lot of people thought when it happened, oh, this is going to change the game for the quarterbacks, and Cleveland just screwed everyone. Good luck, Cincinnati. Good luck, Baltimore. Good luck, Chargers. You're going to have to sign your quarterback for more than this, and you're not going to be able to do it because, you know, just all the guarantees and everything like that. I don't even think that's a topic of conversation when you are negotiating these contracts, and then they can't even start with that for Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert until after this season. But I just thought that stuff was so laughable. And honestly, every time a quarterback doesn't get that guarantee, and I don't think you would give that to Russ just because he is 33, going to be 34, and you haven't seen the guy play for you yet. I mean, no offense, but he's not the same old Russ Wilson that he was early on in his career with the Seattle Seahawks. But that's my opinion personally. I just thought people thought it that Watson contract was just going to screw the rest of the quarterback world. And it's not, it just makes the Browns look desperate every single time. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give too many hot takes, but yeah, I, I don't know if Russ is the same guy either. Cause it's been about a year and a half since he's played at that like MVP all pro type level. Can he do it in Denver? Absolutely. If there was a beautiful moon ball in the air is thin, but you know, there is some just mild, the nerves about like well what if he's not the same guy you know what if this is what he is now just a, a good quarterback and not a great elite type one that's also the reason you don't give him a fully guaranteed deal is i think they're paying until he's 38 <laughs> and i don't know <laughs> there's not too many quarterbacks that uh i guess more lately with the brady's and whoever else is rogers nearing 38 yet i think he'll he be is. Good. yeah so i think he'll be good when he's 38 but yeah, that, that I mean, when I hear that, at least when I used to think of quarterback age, like that's over the hill. <laughs> like I think I don't think Manning was 38 when he started going downhill, but I don't remember. I mean, that's crazy to think about. It's crazy to get that. I, I was blown away. I mean, obviously, you look at guarantees and the contract ex extension and everything like that. But I'm like, really, Russ? I mean, I would have probably let him play out this year at least. Uh, but no, that that was really surprising for me. Okay, we're about a week a week until the opener and we'll talk about real football. We'll preview the game and everything next week, but what are you looking forward to and practice this week? What do you want to see? What are you still questioning for this team right now when it comes to depth and positions besides the offensive line? Just quickly going to say, cause I Googled it, but Peyton Manning did make the pro bowl when he was 38, 39 is when he went downhill. Twenties, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just want everybody to be healthy in the <laughs> this week yeah, of practice. That's about it. I, I think like it'd be cool to see Sharping working with Pollock. And I know there's already been some clips of that and working with some of the other guys. And, you know, we didn't even talk about him. Tufele, I believe is his name. Yeah. I'd like to see, you know, just a hype video on him would be cool. I don't know too much about him. I know he's, he's young and draft Twitter loved him, but I didn't watch him. So <laughs> I have no real opinion. And uh, I don't know, just seeing the new waiver claims, just showing their talent, that'd be pretty cool to see. But other than that, I'm just, please, nobody get hurt before we made it through the preseason with essentially no major injuries. I'm Let's, knocking on wood, okay? So it's yeah. not over yet. Preseason's so, over. but <laughs> I know, but it's, you know, I just need to get to week one and, and things like that. Do you think there's going to be any surprise extensions? Because sometimes they do it right before week one, right before that game, right before kickoff. There's an extension for one of the players that you're like, hmm, I, I probably would have waited till after the season, or I'm a little surprised they were able to work that out already. 
My guess is no, but I don't know. <laughs> like, I guess I see them talk up Pratt a little bit, but then it feels weird that like you're going to sign Pratt to his deal and then you got to pay Wilson a whole bunch of money. And then that's a lot of money going to the linebackers. And I know that the, uh, the, the capologists are going to get upset if you're going to pay your linebackers too much because they're, they're the running backs of the defense and whatnot. But uh yeah, I don't know. It, it is a lot of money to put in one position group and on defense when you're going to have all that offense coming soon. So I don't expect one. Um, I guess Pratt would be my guess if somebody did sign an extension just because I think they want to see how Jonah plays and whether or not – I mean, they've still got the tag to use on him if they want or they can sign him after the year, see how he does. They might want to see another healthy year out of him too. I mean, that – Last year was his first year. I mean, he played, what, 21 games? No, 20 games because he didn't play against Cleveland like nobody did. Um, but he was healthy the whole year. And uh, he was healthy all throughout college. Like, he's not an injury-prone player. But his first two years in Cincinnati, he didn't play all that much because of injuries. So they might want to see another healthy year out of him, make sure he's got the durability before they put the big investment into him. See, I love Jermaine Pratt. And I think a lot of people will always go back to, I mean, he might be like an underrated linebacker in the room and the linebacker room, man, I remember when it was depleted and then you get Pratt, you get Logan Wilson. I think it's going to be an Akeem Davis Gaither kind of year that we talk about if he stays healthy. Um, For me personally, I hate to say this and I hope Twitter doesn't get mad, but I don't think that they extend Jermaine Pratt. I don't know. Yeah, I'm 50-50 on it. I could see it if it's cheaper, but I think they are saving plenty of money for Wilson. I do think Pratt's underrated, and he was really good during the playoffs. Like, you could argue Pratt was better in the playoffs than Wilson, but I don't know. I don't know if I'd make that argument. Uh, They're about the same. I'll I'll backtrack immediately. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cut that. No. (laughs) I just know people love Wilson, so if I say that, they're going to come after me. I just think they were both really good, and part of that is just they don't – they complement each other well too, right? Because Pratt does – he's more of the versatile piece and I even think of their coverage, like Wilson to me is a guy I want to have in shallow zones with his eyes on the quarterback, but Pratt does a really good job when he has to uh, call it robot in match coverage where against play action, the linebackers are come up to fill. And then when they see his play action, he turns his back to the quarterback finds the crosser. Cause that's what they're always trying to do in that play action stuff to fake the handoff Linebackers come up, throw it over their heads. He turns around, finds the crosser, runs with him. There were two awesome plays, three awesome plays this year. He had a pass breakup where Tim where Tim Patrick was the guy and <laughs> broke up a contested pass to him. He ran stride for stride with Chase Claypool, who they call Mapletron for being so big and athletic. <laughs> you know, he was able to go stride for stride with him in short area. And uh, the third one was whoever was covering Darnell Mooney in week two falls down and Pratt just picks him up and runs with him the rest of the way. Who's also a fast guy. So I think we underrate what Pratt does in coverage sometimes because he's not the type to do really, really well when it comes to eyes on the quarterback, melt with the eyes, get in the windows, you know, it just doesn't have the perfect feel, but what he does do well, at least I think better than Wilson is that match type stuff where he has to turn his back, find a crosser and run with them. And that, I mean, that he used to play safety, so this makes sense. But that's uh, that's what I like is that they really complement each other. You can have Wilson keep his eyes on the quarterback and Pratt goes find the crosser, cut that. Um, Wilson does a great job of, you know, just being cap- <laughs> Professor Chaos and getting the interceptions and forced fumbles and whatnot. 
I do think there's like mild limitations in his man coverage last year, but uh, that's also, I think, something that Pratt's a little bit better at than him. But, you know, most teams are playing their zone coverages most of the time. They're not, unless you're the Patriots or Dolphins, and who knows if the Dolphins do that this year, you're not playing a, a base man coverage type stuff. It's usually 60, 65% zone. So that's why Wilson's so valuable. So if we're taking notes at home, it was Dax Hill on Tuesday. Now it's Logan Wilson. No, I'm just, I'm joking. I'm joking. I totally understand with what you're saying. And, you know, when I said that, I I, I don't know if they're going to extend Jermaine Pratt, which I hope they do. I love that guy. And, and like you said, when, when Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt are working together, it's fun to watch on the defensive side. I hope it happens. Um, I just, I just don't know if it will. And we'll see. We'll see. But you're probably right. We won't see an extension. There's been too much going on this offseason. Obviously, they've made their claims and just fill in the holes right now. And they have a talented roster. But one week and a few days to go. We have one more segment to go. And we'll get to it on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on. It's always game day in Cincinnati. We're wrapping it up with what we learned this week. I'm going to start because I'm going to kind of connect it to OJ Howard. And it's bringing me back to the Kenny Galladay, Galladay, all that chaos in Cincinnati. Not that they're the same. They're not. They're offensive weapons. But when when Twitter and social media hear a name, they go, they go crazy. Like, got to have that guy. Got to have that guy. He needs to come here. He needs to play here. I'm glad. That never worked out, and I'm glad the Giants uh, got that wide receiver. And I don't think Cincinnati was really all that interested. I think his camp called Cincinnati and said, hey, I want to come play in Cincinnati and play with JB. And the Bengals were like, okay, well, we're drafting Jamar Chase. Um, So that worked out for the better. And then the O.J. Howard excitement, I think, you know, there are some fans that are a little bummed. Hey, he's not coming here. Uh, He could have been great with Joe Burrow, get O.J. Howard out there, Hayden Hurst. They're really upgrading upgrading that tight end room. It hasn't been that good since they had Tyler Eifert. Um, I I think the playmakers they have right now are going to be fun. And and the thing about Joe Burrow is he can make anyone – out there look amazing having t higgins doesn't hurt having jamar chase doesn't hurt having tyler boyd doesn't hurt joe Mixon, yeah his playmakers are legit but to his credit and, and no offense to when you know when cj uzama was here but he helped cj uzama get paid in new york and he can really bring out the best in some of the playmakers and i think of your fifth and sixth options out there it isn't too bad at what what you see in the weapons room right now what about you yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think the Bengals' weapons are the best in the league. Uh, just yeah. at least the starting ones. Um, didn't know <laughs> the fourth receiver question. If it's Stanley Morgan, you know they got the best next weapon. Right. To be determined on who the fourth wide receiver is, we still don't know. Hopefully, but- we don't see him. <laughs> That's the truth of it. Unless unless they're going for two against Kansas City at Paycor Stadium in the AFC Championship game and they just say, Hey Stanley Morgan, hey Turn Taylor, let's run it back. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem with that going for two with your fourth receiver. Yeah, I don't want to see the fourth receiver. So if we if we can't, that'd be great. Um, that'd be a good position to have. But like, yeah, all that stuff, you know, don't get too I guess my message is don't get too bummed about, hey, you missed out on an, another guy who the bills paid to leave. Um, so that's my what yeah, I. Yeah, that, that's what I think too. It, what would, what was OJ Howard really going to do in Cincinnati as the number 
it could have been the number three tight end. I don't think fans wanted to hear that because they hate Drew Sample. <laughs> but, okay. Can we talk about that? How do you feel about Drew Sample? I'm putting you. I'm putting you. Uh, he's a fine backup tight end. The the hate comes because he was a second round pick. To to block, he's fine. To you know, catch the ball and fall down, he's fine. You know, he's he's not gonna break a bunch of tackles. Be the exciting tight end too that you know he comes in and he's a weapon that you could utilize in these 12 personnel sets, all this stuff. No, he's fine though. I, I think like, I don't think he's like a big drop guy. I, at least I don't remember him that way from just recollection real quick. I think he's the type of guy that catch a pass and trip over his own feet, but he's going to catch the pass, you know, <laughs> he drops the ball week one, they're going to throw to him and he's going to drop like the game winning touchdown. Yeah. Oh, Oh no, not the game. Why are you throwing the game winning touchdown? To Drew Sample? <laughs> what happened to get us here? Uh, but This is not um, going well. <laughs> I think he's fine. I think I'd, I, my expectations for if OJ Howard signed was that he was going to be similar to Drew Sample. Is like, does he have athleticism anymore? I don't know. Is he big? Yeah. Could he catch the ball? Uh, Drew Sample could probably catch the ball better because what I remember of OJ Howard and why he fell out in Tampa was twice in one year, I think he bobbled the ball to the defense on a pass. Oh, so, no. uh, Fans don't want to remember these things, but that's what I remember is that one time he had the ball behind his back or something that <laughs> some Saints player just took it from him. I, I, he was kind of like a little bit of a, a, a drop a drop guy. So I, I think we got real excited about the name and these guys probably watched him when he was in college and he did have a year or, or maybe two in Tampa that were pretty good, but I do still remember when he was supposed to be the guy and this is... <laughs> Fantasy football related for me. Maybe this is why I'm not that big of a fan. I drafted him and he sucked. That's you're bitter about it. <laughs> it could be a little bit of that. I remember I was I was upset. I had a, a profile picture of fantasy that was OJ's OJ Howard's face on a milk you carton. Said, oh, you're about to say OJ Simpson, weren't you? No, <laughs> I'm not that old. That's my fantasy with OJ Simpson. <laughs> no, I had OJ, I, I photoshopped OJ Howard's face on a milk carton, saying like, "Have you seen this man?" Because I draft in like the fifth round or something i got excited and maybe that's why i'm bitter about it i was like you know he's he's not that special because he let me down in fantasy you know i i do think it's there are just crumbs leading towards this guy's not gonna be the guy you hope he'll be now could he have been better than drew sample sure drew sample is just like a normal backup tight end so could could oj howard be a backup tight end yeah could he be a 500 yard five touchdown guy in my opinion Probably not, unless he's really getting a lot of uh, a lot of passes. And for that to happen, I think there has to be something wrong happening elsewhere. So I think uh, I never thought he was going to take over Hurst. I didn't think he was even going to touch Hurst snaps, to be honest. I just I think Hurst is, you know, actually an athletic vertical stretching threat. So I don't think Howard does that anymore. And I think Asi Asi's also fine. I don't know. <laughs> I think they've got a lot of fine people behind Hurst, who I think is pretty good. Yeah, no, I, I like that so much at all. It, it makes so much sense now um, with the O.J. Howard connection and, and how you really feel. But I'm going to go to it because fantasy football, everybody's doing a draft. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't play fantasy football. I love the NFL. I'm pumped that in a week from today, we're going to have NFL regular season Thursday night football. It, the Bengals were seconds away from playing in that game. But we'll move on. Um, fantasy football, you're going to be drafting soon. Who are your players? Give me your tips and tricks. 
how do you be, how are you successful at fantasy football? And do you, are you one of those people that are in like 10 leagues? (laughs) No, (laughs) I'm in two leagues that matter. And then because I have, I I, I, uh, have a few Twitter followers that I I joined a few free leagues because of that. But really I have two leagues that I care about because I have money in them. I don't know if I'm that great to be doing the fantasy football <laughs> segment, but um, yeah, I mean, for, for my most important league, this people are tuning out. We're at the end of the podcast. I'm talking really? about my most important fantasy football league with my friends. I, I, it's like one keeper. You get to keep one guy and my guy is going to have to be, well, it doesn't have to be, but I'm going to pick Joe Mixon as my keeper, which does make me nervous because last year I loved it. I love taking Joe Mixon because I was like, they're going to ease Burrow into this situation. Now I'd rather have Chase, you know, because I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. I think Mixon can get his, maybe not more touchdowns. He had a lot of touchdowns last year. But I think he'll be, you know, a touchdown guy again. I don't know if he's going to get the volume that he got last because there were games that he was getting like 25 carries in a game. I just don't see that happening unless, you know, they, they go up 21 nothing in the first quarter and they're just letting the rest of the game ride out. Kind of like that second Steelers game. <laughs> but um yeah, I don't know, but uh, my number one tips and tricks is just to pr- try not to get too many Bengals. I know I want them, but it's just it just hurts. It. You know? <laughs> it, when you have Higgins, Chase, Burrow, and Mixon, it's like, all right, but what if they play a tough team? Like, I know we love this team, but what if they play Denver? <laughs> not that Denver will shut them down again or anything, but it's just, man, if you had that combo against Denver, that you you lost. Um I don't know. I, I just, if you are drafting still, uh, <laughs> never, uh, if you are drafting still, if you're picking a bangle, I think I'd go chase over Mixon. I don't know. I think they're close in rankings and stuff. I just, I think that's the move is just, I think chase gets ton of volume. He's going to still explode. He's still going to be that guy. And I think they're going to increase the passing volume. I think Mixon last year, he was awesome but it was a lot of volume early. It was, it was a lot of, you know, he's getting these 20, 25 carry games. And it's like uh, Nick producer has said, rule of thumb is to never even draft players from his favorite team. And never kind of fits. I, I usually don't even do that, but yeah, I, I mean, my choice on my keeper was Joe Mixon, Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. And I was like, ah, Mixon out of those guys. I'll, I'll go Mixon. And then I hope I'm not staring down, uh, Jamar Chase <laughs> early round one like let Jefferson fall to me and he'll be like similar production I don't know so I'm kind of hoping for not that I'm that opposed to getting Chase too but you start getting into all these Bengals and I feel like that's how you get into trouble but yeah if you're drafting fantasy I like uh, Chase a lot this year I like Mixon plenty I like Higgins plenty but Chase is probably that dude and I, well he's getting drafted that way but that's how I feel about uh, him is just he could be the, the best wide receiver for fantasy this year. And I don't think Mixon will be the best running back for fantasy this year, even though he'll probably be top 10. Who's your quarterback? I don't have one. I, I don't know. I, I I mean, I did draft another league. I picked Kyler, but now nah, that terrifies me because he always falls apart when the <laughs> next Call of Duty game comes out. Oh, dang. <laughs> oh, I just saw that stat on uh, I think it was Reddit. It was like when the Call of Duty game comes out, he gets so much worse. And I'm like, I don't know. Is this true? Because I mean there's there's somebody doing the research on that. They're probably on TikTok and they're doing the measurement of like, ooh, when does Kyler's stats start to go down? I think no, I think it is it's like a it's correlation is not causation. I think it's just Cliff Kingsbury teams just don't do well in the second half of the year altogether. It's not just Kyler. 
but it is just kind of funny that the <laughs> Call of Duty game comes out. So I don't know how I feel about that. I I, I don't know the quarterback. If you're in a one quarterback league, it's like I just wait and hopefully Hurts or Kyler or I don't know. It seems like Lance's situation is weird. I was looking at him, but then they bring back Jimmy with a no trade clause. I'm like, if I can get screwed with <laughs> Jimmy is the ex boyfriend that won't go away because he's going. I have a feeling that Jimmy's going to come back and he's going to start a majority of games. Oh I- man, the scary thing is like if they start zero and three or something. And then they just, they go with Jimmy because Kyle wants to win. The team wants to win. I mean, Trent Williams doesn't want to play for a rebuilding team. He's 30 something. So the team wants to win. And then they pull Jimmy out there and he's safe and he wins a couple games. That's what would scare me about the Lance thing. Even though if I, if I put money on, I think he starts majority of the year. It's just like, I wish that guy wasn't there. Like if the temptation wasn't there, (laughs) like if it was still Nick Mullins, they're not going to go to Nick Mullins. They might go to Jimmy though. Jimmy's Jimmy's not going. I mean, he's he's going to be starting. I bet Jimmy gets starts by week seven. I'd also, yeah, I guess I should say Bengals podcast. I'm okay with Burrow too. I like Burrow for the fantasy. I just <laughs> no, feel don't like... take Burrow. Don't take Burrow. I feel like it's bad luck. <laughs> yeah, um, bad luck to take Burrow. Don't take Joe Burrow. I, we'll have someone else take him in their fantasy football league. And yeah, pass on him. No offense big, to Joe Burrow. Big Doug Peterson guy. So I'm into taking Trevor Lawrence if I if that's an option too. Just yeah. like the last round, basically, of just no I, I didn't get any of these guys. I'm just throwing a dart. Maybe I pick Kirk Cousins first, just so I have somebody who's fine. And then Do I it. just throw the dart at Trevor Lawrence. Just like, please work. <laughs> you know what? Year two for Trevor Lawrence. And that's the thing. Him being in Jacksonville, nobody talks about him. And nobody, like, everyone's just kind of like, oh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is there. And, you know, he, he might be pretty good. Um, Yeah, year two. I think he's going to be better. But, yeah, you know we're ready for week one of the NFL regular season when we're talking fantasy football. And I don't even play fantasy football. <laughs> I love football, I promise. But I, I would never change my mind my roster or anything like that i would forget about it and i can't get invested so oh that's why i can't do more than two important leagues is that i'll leave a guy that's on a bye week and go oh crap i didn't check that one well i'm just checking the ones that matter for me no not at all well i know you're busy like i said you have plenty of highlights i think you're one of my favorite follows in the nfl world especially Bengals fans should be following Bengals underscore sands you have awesome highlights out there you break it down obviously you do it on the podcast and you do it on social media plenty of content on all Bengals. anything coming out next week that you can preview i don't know if the fans will love it i, I will be previewing the steelers you, man oh it's just I, i'm previewing the steelers so if they want to read about the steelers then yeah i, I assume you probably want to see yeah. you're facing. um but yeah i was watching that's why there's the cam hayward thing i just watching over the the first game i just go like oh man we always forget about how good this guy is right like it, this is an all pro probably probably the second best all-around defensive tackle and normal years he'd probably have a case for the best defensive tackle it's just he plays with Aaron Donald in the league (laughs) so nobody's going to be better than that but man he's good and I think that's uh that's gonna be that's rough that's rough for the Bengals to face he really he really beat Quentin Spain the first matchup I haven't gotten back to rewatching the second game yet but watching that first one, I just think like, ah, man, why do we got to play this guy twice a year? And then you got TJ Watt too. And <sighs> Mink is a good safety. They're almost, this but I do, sound like it's going to go well. <laughs> no, I think, but I do think it is going to go. I think of the Steelers a little bit like min max because it's like, they've got these awesome players, but then I don't, their corners are kind of whatever to me, like Cam Sutton's fine. And they got that second 
Bill's corner is fine. And all these guys that are like, ah, I'm not nervous about that. Like, I see T Higgins against Cam Sutton. I'm not throwing that go ball. I'm throwing that go ball. Go get it. <laughs> and uh, they brought Trail Edmonds back, even though I'm not sure they wanted to. It's a lot of like, we're saving here so that we can have these awesome guys. So I don't know. What I think is just like, it's a good defense. It's a scary defense a little in some ways. And who knows what Ogan Joby's going to bring for them. But it's also like, there's definitely points where I think the Bengals have the advantage. Well, we'll have plenty. You'll have plenty of content, allbengals.com. Again, make sure you're following them on Twitter, Bengals underscore Sands. We'll be back next week to preview week one of regular season on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.